welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 228 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's a really important episode. Today, we're going to talk about creating safety in your own weight loss and why it's so important and why it's something that we just don't do. We don't even think about it. And this topic has come to me just through some other courses I've been doing, but I think it really is an important topic when it comes to our own weight loss. So a lot of the physicians that I work with inside Thrive Academy and the physicians I've coached over the years, we come at weight loss not feeling safe, right? Like maybe you're listening to this and you've contemplated joining me or asking for my help with coaching and it just doesn't feel safe to reach out. And it's not so much anything to do with like worrying about whether I'm safe, it's that idea of reaching out and trying something new and pushing yourself doesn't feel safe. And that's really common. When physicians come to me, often there's this fear of failure, this fear of, you know, really trying and maybe not being able to make it, this fear of what they might say to themselves if they don't do well. Now, that fear is not conscious fear, but it's there under the surface. Of like, how mean might I be to myself when I screw this up, right? Check with yourself and see if you have that, that fear. It feels not safe from a perspective of wondering if I start to lose weight and people start commenting on it. A lot of physicians I work with struggle with that of that doesn't feel safe. That feels exposed, vulnerable. It feels unsafe from a standpoint of what if I lose weight and people comment on it and then I start regaining it. And I know that they're going to notice that too. There's so many different layers to this that feel risky in weight loss. And here's the thing is when it feels risky, when you have the sense in your gut, oh, this doesn't feel safe to me to make these changes, they're probably not going to last. And so as much as possible inside Thrive Academy, when I'm coaching physicians and I notice there's issues where they're feeling unsafe, they're having kind of a negative response, we coach around it, we work on it. And that's where coaching is so much more powerful than just a diet because we're working on all those different aspects. But if you notice that in yourself, we really want to work on it. We want to create safety. So then when you're making changes, you're making it from like this stable platform of like, I'm safe, it's okay. I can reach a little bit because I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. Versus a lot of times, if you think about it, when we start focusing on weight loss or if we want to make some changes, 
it's like we're standing at the top of a really rickety ladder. <laughs> and we're like, I'm going to just reach and try and do this thing I've never been able to do. And it's no wonder often we grab the ladder and we're like, no, not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's not safe. Right? Think about it with your weight loss. If you've ever reached for something, you've started to create some change, and then you find yourself snapped back to the way you always have done it. Chances are it's something like this going on. There's elements of safety involved. Even if they're not the full thing, they're definitely there and they're involved. So ask yourself when you're working on weight loss, when you're working on changing your eating, are you doing it from a nice, broad, safe platform where you feel strong and safe to reach and try things that you haven't tried? Or are you standing at the top of that rickety ladder, reaching out and shaking and <laughs> worrying that you're going to fall to the point where you just grab back onto it? And again, neither's wrong. That's really important. It's not wrong. If you're standing on a rickety ladder, it's okay. It's how we were taught to approach weight loss. And if you want to get a little conspiracy theorist, it's really, there are reasons why we've been taught to approach weight loss like that. Because the more uncertain in ourselves we are, the more scared and feel unsafe, the more we reach and try and make change and then come back, there's industry that benefits from that. The diet industry benefits when people don't actually create change. And so a lot of this has been fed to us to make us think a lot about change, but then really struggle with actually creating the change. And that's not what I want for you. If you're going to create change, if you're going to invest your time and your energy into doing it, then let's do it in a way where it's going to be lasting change, where you're going to have confidence and you're going to feel safe doing it. And that's why I thought this week's episode would be a really important episode to talk about. So why is change scary? Well, change is scary because our brains are primarily programmed to keep us alive. And our brains haven't changed much over, you know, thousands of years. And so they view what they know as being safe. If I stay exactly as I am right now, my brain knows that we, we're probably going to survive. There are no immediate risks to my survival right now, the way I am. If I change stuff up, my brain perceives risk. And it isn't sure that this risk isn't going to impact my survival. And so it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel scary. It can feel nauseating. And a lot of it has nothing to do with what your actual chance of being successful is. But it's the reaction to the change that you experience. So that reaction is normal. I'm not saying we should only make change when we feel really good and comfortable because that's not realistic. If you only make change that feels really good and comfortable, you're probably making really small change. You're probably not actually pushing yourself to go for your goals because the only thing that's going to feel really comfortable and, and easy are things that don't push you, that don't involve any stretching. So... It is normal to have times where you freak out. It's normal to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. It's normal to try something and feel almost a little nauseated or pukey because you're not sure if it's going to actually work out. That's okay, but what we're going to talk about is how do you manage your nervous system in that so that it does work out and your nervous system can stay calm. You can stay feeling safe 
even when you're pushing yourself. Because the reality is getting to a goal means messing it up. If you listen to episode 225, it's about you fuck it up till you get it right, till you figure it out. That's really how you reach a goal. So if you take that approach and then you blend what we're going to talk about today is keeping yourself feeling safe, even when you're in the midst of fucking it up, that is going to be a very powerful combination for helping create real change in your life and helping take real action towards your goals and the things that you are dreaming about. They are not always going to feel safe, but you can create safety while you're doing them. Does that make sense? They're two different things. You don't want to just wait till things feel safe. You want to recognize that feeling scared is part of making big change, but you can start to learn how to create safety for yourself. So another question I thought we should talk about is why does it feel so scary to let go of some beliefs, right? Like when I'm working with physicians, there's often beliefs that we both can agree are not serving them. Maybe you have some too. Like, Maybe it's, I have a horrible body and everybody judges my body. Those are my words, but a version of that I've heard a lot of different times coaching physicians. And when we talk about, could we just not say that to ourselves anymore? Could we just let go of that belief? Because we work through it and we're like, where does the benefit of this belief come from? And there is none. There's no benefit to telling yourself horrible things about your body. So then could we just let go of it? Sometimes there's pushback, meaning your brain is like, like it's scary to think about not saying that to myself. I don't even know how I would do it. Or another one would be, I don't think I can do it. I always regain my weight. I'm never successful. All of those are beliefs that will not help you reach your goals. In fact, they're going to stop you from reaching your goals. And yet when we talk about letting go of it, it's sometimes like, but if I believe that, then what else might be possible? Right? Even letting go of beliefs that just seem purely crappy on their surface, where you're like, logically, you look at them and you are like, there is no benefit to this belief. It is not helping me. Even letting go of that type of belief can feel scary because it's perceived as change. So when you think about letting something go and it feels scary, again, it's just an opportunity to create some safety around it, to work on building safety, to ask yourself, how could I create safety around this? It doesn't mean you can't let it go. It doesn't mean there's risk or real risk to you to letting it go. But when you're just like, okay, I'll just try and let stop thinking that. And you haven't created that safety that it is okay to let it go. Probably it's just going to keep coming back like, you know, one of those balloons, the punching balloons on a elastic band that you used to get in a party in goodie bags when you're a kid. And it'll just keep coming back to you. You're like, why does this thought ever stop? Why does it keep coming back to me? And the answer is we just have to create safety where it actually feels safe to let it go, where you can release it and let it go. And if it does come back, you can, again, from a safe, stable place, be like, it's okay, you can go. I know that you're not serving me anymore. When we try to make change from the top of that rickety ladder, it's harder. Like it feels riskier. If things feel higher stakes, they feel like you have to make sure you reach in the right way or else you're going to fall and totally fail and hurt yourself. 
when you make change from a nice, big, flat, safe foundation, things don't feel as high risk. You could be like, I could lean this way. I could lean this way. And I know I'm not going to fall. I get to find out which one gets me further to where I want to be. They're very different. When we try to make change from the top of that rickety ladder, that's when old habits often just keep coming back. Because again, we're making the change kind of shaking, kind of not sure what we can do, kind of worried it's going to have disastrous outcomes. And so then we grab back onto the ladder and that's old habits coming back. Because we're like, okay, this is safer. I know this. This is familiar. So what do you do? to create safety? How do you create safety in your weight loss? I came up with three points for you guys. And these are important things. These are really, we're talking like a foundational level right now of making changes that sound simple, but will have huge impact on your weight journey for the rest of your life. So don't brush these off just because they sound simple. Don't let your brain be like, yeah, yeah, no, we can't. That'd be great, but we don't have time to do that. Invest in focusing on these. Create safety for yourself. Create that stable foundation that you can then make change from. So the first one is you have to change how you talk to yourself. Talking to yourself in horrible ways. Talking to yourself in the way that you would never, ever talk to any other human being in your life does not create safety. Like I said at the beginning, often one of the big things we actually fear when you really boil it down about failure is how we're going to talk to ourselves, how we're going to like dump all over ourselves and what we're going to make it mean and how many days or weeks we're going to keep dragging ourselves through that dust. We have to change how we talk to ourselves. And part of changing how you talk to yourself is letting go of everything you believe that we learned from diet culture. Because being mean to yourself is embedded in that. And deciding that you are worthy to be spoken nicely to, to be compassionate, even on the days where you overeat, even on the days where you had a binge eat, that's stepping away from diet culture, which is fantastic. And I think is what we all should be doing. But it might take a little bit of practice. The stuff's embedded. It might be work on one thing and then down the road you notice another thing. And then you notice another thing and you just constantly keep peeling it away. But commit to speak more nicely to yourself. Number two, invest in self-care. Often we are, we're kind of like that old thing of like the frog in the water. And if you just slowly raise the heat, the frog doesn't notice. It doesn't realize it's in a boiling pot. I think as physicians, that's kind of our life, right? The level of stress that we consider to be just normal, and I'm not particularly stressed, is still pretty stressed for most of us. But we're not aware of it because we've been doing it for so long and we're just so used to it. So creating safety means managing your nervous system, which means giving yourself space to process stress. And that means investing time into self-care. Now, if your brain immediately is reacting against that and like, I don't have time for self-care, just pause and just ask yourself, what do I have time for? How could I just put a tiny little bit of self-care into my life? What could I give myself space to do? We've talked a lot of episodes about self-care and so you can go back and listen to some of them, but the reality is self-care doesn't have to take a long time. 
it's not that you have to have hours to do self-care. It's that really self-care is giving yourself a chance in the day to check in with where you're at and ask yourself what you need and actually address your needs. I say like self-care is addressing your own needs at least to the same level as what you address everybody else's needs. So question yourself about where am I creating space for my own needs? And then number three is develop skills to calm your nervous system. Now this might overlap with the self-care, but they might also be different. So developing skills to calm your nervous system is figuring out for you the things that you can do that feel like you just had a nice relaxation, a nice like bath or like this, like just picturing like kind of a fountain pouring over the top of your head of just like relaxing and calming down. So when you notice you're starting to get stressed, you've got tools that you can do that just help bring it down. And so some of those might be meditation. Some of it might be moving your body, standing up and moving your body, dancing, singing, going outside. Uh, You can do things like tapping. There's all sorts of, when you dig into it, there's all sorts of different things that you could do that help calm yourself down. And I want to point out here that if we don't do anything, if you don't do this intentionally, you know what gets used to calm yourself down? Food and potentially alcohol, right? Like when you get home from the end of the day, the evening eating is often not about the food. It's about this, like our nervous systems being keyed up, stressed, overwhelmed all day long without any preventative actions, without anything from ourselves to try to bring ourselves down, to calm ourselves down. And so then our brain's like, well, I need to fix this situation. And it turns to the food. So it's not that calming yourself down is optional. The optional thing is, do you want to do it intentionally with things that actually help you? Or do you want to leave your brain to its own devices and have it try things that offer immediate benefit, but no lasting benefit, like eating, drinking, alcohol, scrolling on social media, among others. You get to choose. I really think of this creating safety is a skill that you are going to hone over time. It's going to involve being aware and noticing when you are starting to get a little bit stressed out. When you are telling yourself to do stuff for weight loss and they feel uncomfortable. And the skill then is going to be, okay, what do I do to bring myself down again? Instead of trying to act from that uncomfortable place for that stressed out place and just kind of keep forcing yourself to try to make change, it's changing the conversation and being like, okay, let's calm down first. Let's do what we need to do, meet our own needs. And then let's try to make change from that standpoint. This isn't like, you know, immediate thing where you're just like, try it once, you're good. Never think of it again. It is a really a practice of honoring your own safety and your own needs in your weight loss. So just to summarize, the tools are, how do you create safety? Number one, you talk nicely to yourself. Don't say things to yourself that you wouldn't say to another human being. And you know what? When people are like, but how do I do that? How do I stop? Honestly, the way I do it is I'm like, I catch a thought and I'm like, yeah, I don't say that to myself anymore. Yeah, we don't speak to ourselves in that way. So basically, I use my mom voice on my own brain, which you can absolutely use. Yeah, I don't, I just don't say that to myself anymore. No is a complete sentence, including when you're saying it to your own negative self-talk. 
Number two is invest in your self-care, meaning invest time, value your self-care. It is not selfish. It is not frivolous. It is what helps keep you going as a very high-functioning human being who helps a lot of people in their life. And number three, develop skills to calm your nervous system and actually use them. Notice when you need them. Learn to catch when you need them earlier and earlier in the, in the cascade so it's easier and easier to calm yourself down. And like I said, you get to do this or your brain will do it for you. And I can guarantee the things that it's going to use are not going to help you towards your goals, nor are they actually going to calm you down and make you feel safer. So you may as well take control and intentionally use tools. Whatever tools work for you is fantastic. They're going to be different for everybody. There is no right tool. You get to play with it. If you try one and it doesn't work, that's okay. Nothing went wrong. Just means you try a different one. Or you practice that once more because sometimes some of the things like meditation and all that sort of stuff, the first time you do it, it might not feel as relaxing, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. You build the muscle of it and it becomes more helpful. All right. I would love to hear any questions that you have. Send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And if you haven't yet downloaded my free guide, which is the three surprising habits that are making it harder for you to reach your health goals, Download it today. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash three habits. That's number three and then habits. And uh, it's just full of information about really common habits that we have as physicians that are actually slowing down our progress. None of them are food related. They are not food habits. They're more of this foundational stuff like what we've been talking about today that's getting in your way of reaching your goals. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.